Hi everyone and welcome to the All Plane podcast about the innovators and entrepreneurs that are transforming the aviation industry. First of all, my usual reminder that you can find all previous episodes of this podcast as well as many other aviation stories on our website oldplane.tv that's a l p l a n e.tv check it out we have often talked about electric aircraft in this podcast but we have said very little about a very essential piece of the electric flight story the batteries richard wang is the founder and ceo of cuberk a startup based in California that is currently working on some of the most advanced lithium metal battery technologies, to the point that earlier this year, Cuberg was acquired by one of the major players in the battery industry, Northvolt of Sweden. Northvolt that has already signed multi-billion dollar deals to supply batteries to some of Europe's largest car manufacturers is also looking to supply the emerging electric aviation industry. And by acquiring Cuberk, it got hold of a technology that seems to hold the key to that emerging sector. Cuberk claims that its technology can deliver a 70% performance improvement over the current generation of lithium-ion batteries, which makes its technology an object of attention for the emerging eVTOL urban air mobility industry and could also potentially power regional all-electric aircraft in the near future. But I think it's best if we hear about all of this directly from Richard. Let me welcome him to the podcast. Hi Richard, how are you? Good, Uh, happy to be here Miguel. Thank you very much for accepting to be here in the podcast. You are working on a technology that is so essential for an emerging segment of the aviation industry, and that's electric batteries. You are the founder and the CEO of Cuberk, a US-based company that was recently acquired by Northvolt, which is one of the main players in new generation battery technology. I think it's very interesting to have you here to to learn more about this fascinating area of of scientific research that is going to soon have lots of applications in in mobility, including air mobility. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Kuberg, how you started this company and what's your background? Sure, sure. So um, my background is as a scientist and engineer. I went to undergrad at uh, Caltech in mechanical engineering and then went to pursue my PhD at Stanford in materials science studying battery materials. And I really got interested in battery technology because I saw it as one of the key bottlenecks for the transition to electrification and a renewable um, energy economy. Uh, So I studied battery materials throughout my PhD there. And then near the end of it, I I came up with, uh, was really thinking about how to make an impact on the world. Uh, What I had seen at the time was that a lot of innovations that were happening in academia were not successfully making it out into industry and really having a clear uh, impact and value on the world. And even the ones that had been launched into startups that had attracted a lot of funding and interest, many of them have struggled or have gone bankrupt because it's incredibly hard actually to commercialize a new battery technology. And the realization that led to the founding of Kuberg really was that the key challenge in battery technology is not just about materials, but really at the end of the day about cost-effective manufacturing and scalability. Uh, if you cannot scale it up uh, and be compatible with the existing manufacturing ecosystem, then you cannot compete with lithium-ion batteries. So uh, when I founded Kuberg, I really wanted to 
create a battery startup that was really operated in a very, very different way, focused much more practically and pragmatically on how to do innovation in a realistic way and ensuring that everything that we do is fully compatible with the lithium ion uh, manufacturing process. And so that's what we've done over the past five years. And um, we've been very happy with how things have progressed so far. At the core of what we do is a new battery chemistry, a lithium metal chemistry that delivers up to 70% more energy per weight compared to the existing lithium ion batteries and can be fully manufactured with existing um, uh, processes. And so this has really uh, attracted a lot of interest in the electric aviation community, particularly where weight is so critical for the success of these vehicles. So we've been very happy to pursue uh, this industry. And now that we are now part of Norfolk, uh, we're also looking at the longer term picture for further scaling this up for mass market automotive applications as well. Yeah, I, I think we are um, getting a bit ahead of ourselves because I, I wanted to ask you about the, yeah, the link with Northvolt. So you're a very young company startup and then you got acquired by Northvolt, which is a, a Swedish battery company that has been all over the place recently because they are building this huge factory in, in the north of Sweden. They have signed... Um, super huge contracts with some of the uh, automakers in, in Europe and, and in other places. And then they, they basically, they, they acquire you because of the technology you were developing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So, so the vision of the acquisition with Norfolk has really been that Norfolk is, uh, it has tremendous capability for manufacturing at very large scale. And this is reflected in their um, um, investments coming into the company and in their significant orders from big automakers. Um, but they are looking for what's coming after uh, existing lithium ion technology, what's coming next. And when uh, uh, I met Peter, Peter Carlson, the CEO there uh, a couple years ago, I think we immediately saw sort of a natural fit between the two companies. And it really was because of this vision of manufacturing scalability. Uh, at the end of the day, this is critical not only for efficiently commercializing, but also for making sure we can get a technology out into the marketplace as quickly as possible and with as much scale as possible. Mm -hmm. And so the ultimate vision for Kubrick's technology is as it becomes fully matured, it can really drop into Norfolk's existing production lines and convert all that capacity that they've already built out and reuse that and allow it to jump to the next generation of performance and technology. So for the time being, you are you you, you remain as a as a separate unit. You you continue to operate autonomously uh, with yes. your team in the U.S. I don't know if it's accurate to say that, but basically the the part of the Northvolt group that is more focused on aviation technologies on, or in technologies that have promising application for, for the aviation industry. Correct. So Kuberg is now functioning as a semi-independent entity within Norfolk. We align at a high level on strategic direction and vision, but then most of the day-to-day -day operational decisions are still made internally as they were before, and we continue to operate as a startup in California. Our two main responsibilities are to serve as the Advanced Technology Center of Norfolk, to conduct advanced research both on lithium metal and broadly for batteries as a whole. And the, our second responsibility is to serve as Norfolk's aviation business unit. And so because we've already built all these great relationships with the aviation community, uh, we're well positioned, especially with our new technology coming into the marketplace, uh, to really build up this new uh, business for Norfolk in electric aviation. How many people do you have there in the U.S., in the, the Cuber team? 
We have now close to 40 people and uh, we're uh, quickly growing. Uh, so Norfolk is investing quite a few resources, both in our R&D capabilities as well as in manufacturing and process scale up. Uh, so we're hiring very rapidly, um, but yes, currently about 40 people uh, and, and, and running a whole lot of projects all at once. It's a very, very exciting time. Yeah, I, I had a look at your website and I see you have a very prominent job listings there. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if uh, yeah, I, I well, yeah, I just uh, invite everyone that uh, has an interest in this field and is an engineering to go and check it out. It looks very interesting. Uh, you mentioned lithium-ion technology, which is the current, uh, let's say, mainstream technology in, in batteries. But you are working on on something a bit different, which is a uh, lithium metal technology. Mm -hmm. Can you guide us through what are the differences and why? this lithium metal technology is more promising than the current generation of batteries. Sure. So in a lithium ion battery, you have a cathode and an anode. These are the materials that actually store the energy that store your lithium ions. Uh, and then you have an electrolyte. It's a liquid that contains the lithium ions that, that shuttle it back and forth as you charge and discharge your battery. And so those are the three sort of major components of a typical lithium ion battery. Most of the weight of the battery is typically coming from the cathode and the anode materials that store the energy. And so what we've done is replace the, the traditional anode, which is a carbon-based graphite material, with a pure lithium metal anode. So rather than having this host structure of carbon, we don't have any kind of host or containing material. It's just pure lithium that actually is just electro-deposited and becomes a, a metal. It's just a, a pure lithium metal. So this is actually the lightest possible anode material in the periodic table for any battery. So it's the holy grail of anode materials. And that's how we're able to get such uh, significant weight savings in our technology. Um, the lithium metal is intrinsically paired with the electrolyte design though, because lithium metal by itself, because it's so energy dense, is very unstable and reactive typically, and it will decompose a lot of the standard electrolytes that you use. And so our core innovation really is designing this lithium metal cell and inventing a new electrolyte that helps to stabilize the lithium metal surface. And that is also a non-flammable electrolyte that helps with promoting Im improved safety compared to existing solutions. One of the big issues with batteries is that there were some, some concerns about some batteries just burning for some reason. Uh, creating a safety a hazard, particularly in, in planes, that's a big, big safety concern. With your technology, that, that would be less of a problem uh, from what, what I understand. Yes, and so we have a significant focus on cell safety. Uh, and mm -hmm. so safety, in our view, goes really across the spectrum. It starts at your materials design level, it goes to your cell design where we're innovating on cell safety, and it also goes to the systems level. How do you engineer a module and a system that goes into your plane that is uh, fault tolerant and, and uh, resistant to a propagation of cells catching on fire. So we're, we're developing technologies across the spectrum to ensure that when this does go into a plane, it has the maximum reliability and safety needed. And when it comes to aviation, where are we now in terms of using this technology at, a, let's say, as a, at an industrial scale? And what would be the uh, most uh, immediate applications? I mean, we are seeing lots of activity in things like uh, the eVTOLs, uh, then also some regional regional aircraft, normally in the, in the smaller categories of aircraft, also for, for some regional flights. Even some concepts, some, some startups are aiming for larger aircraft. In your opinion, what would be the, let's say, the, the path for this technology and what's the time frame you envisage for this? So I think this is partially a certification question as well, in terms of which vehicles will have a faster pathway to certification. So I think right now the lowest risk vehicles are tend to be 
retrofitted uh, fixed wing ECTOL vehicles um, that rather than using uh, fossil fuel uses a battery and, and propellers. Um, so whether it's fully electric or hybrid electric, we see that as being very close to uh, initial commercialization. Well, one, one thing just when you say ECTOL, it's a conventional takeoff and landing, right? Exactly. As, as opposed to vertical takeoff and landing, the EVTOL. I'm just making the note here because I'm not sure like all everyone in the audience might be familiar with this term. So the certification, how, how hard is it to certify a battery like this? I mean, you would need to go to the FAA. Um, what, what's the time frame for that? Right. So the certification process, we haven't started it yet uh, because that requires first working with a customer closely to, to design your module for their performance requirements. And then after that, then you can take it through certification. So we anticipate starting that process uh, at the end of 2022. And then after that, taking another probably one to two years, depending on FAA or EASA uh, uh, bandwidth. Um, and I think the process for that, you know, high level is essentially, it's something called DO311A is one of the critical FAA standards. And there's a similar one in Europe. And essentially it talks all about the safety and reliability of the battery. And the test you have to pass is you have to artificially simulate one cell catching on fire somehow, uh, whether you're burning it or you're putting a nail through it or something else. And then making sure that as that cell burns out, your system can still operate, your vehicle can still stay in the air and the fire doesn't spread to any of your other cells in, in, in your system. And so that's, at the end of the day, the, the critical test to pass while still being very lightweight and efficient in your system design. And, and what's the performance improvement compared to the current generation? Because at the moment, there, there are some serious limitations, um, and that's why we are seeing most of the aircraft we are seeing powered by batteries are, are pretty small. Well, there are some concepts that are a bit larger, but, but mostly they are in this two to 19 passengers. What is the performance improvement that you expect to bring about with the lithium metal technology that you're developing? So our technology del delivers up to about 70% more energy per weight compared to existing batteries. And so simply put, you know, if you take an existing plane and put our batteries in it, for the same weight, you can probably, you can have a, a payload or a, a really a range, flying range that's about 70% longer. So it's a very significant increase um, in, in flight range. Um, we see this as having a significant impact for the ECTOL, the fixed wing aircraft, but I think an even bigger impact for EVTOL, vertical takeoff. And the reason is that these vertical takeoff aircraft tend to be less energy efficient and are much more demanding on their batteries. And so most of the EVTOL designs typically tend to have shorter flight ranges compared to ECTOL. And so in EVTOL, that uh, industry is, is more challenging from a regulatory and certification perspective. But ultimately, we believe it will become a much bigger market and also become a much stronger uh, adopter of advanced batteries because of how sensitive they are to, to battery performance. Is, is the vertical takeoff and landing more demanding on, on batteries? Even. Yes, it is substantially more demanding, especially on the takeoff and the, and the landing phases. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably on the order of maybe three times more power out of the battery. So it's a significant uh, drain. Is there going to be industrial capacity to, to serve this industry? I mean, we are seeing now many orders for hundreds of these uh, EV tall aircraft. Where are we on the, on the industrial side of things? I mean, assuming that the, the technology is certified, the batteries are certified and Greenlighted by the FAA, yes, etc. Are you going to be part of Northwold industrial infrastructure? Are you planning to build a new plant 
Yeah, so I think if you look at the commercial adoption timeline, near term, most aviation customers are using existing off-the-shelf lithium-ion batteries for their first generation of aircraft, just because that's already existing and they can go to certification with that. Um, so that, that supply is available and they can run demonstration flights and early commercial flights. But the challenge is those batteries are so heavy that they cannot realize the full potential of their vehicles or their business models. So it'll only be useful for sort of these niche early applications. As you want to really uh, push this into the mainstream and cover a much larger portion of your operating model, then you need to jump to something like a Kubrick technology. And so uh, we are uh, uh, in preparation to really serve all that demand coming down the pipeline. We anticipate um, commercial use of the Kubrick's advanced battery technology for actual commercial aviation applications somewhere in 2026, 25 to 26, which lines up with a certification pathway and entry into service for some of these um, you know, key customers we're working with. And so we are in the planning stages of building up more and more production capacity and we'll certainly have um, abundant capacity by the time uh, these vehicles are ramping up operations. Uh, if you look at Norfolk, um, they have, for automotive, it's a whole different order of magnitude of volumes that they're dealing with. And so aviation, even as we're talking about hundreds or thousands of aircraft, is still a very small volume mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of the battery landscape. So, so certainly we'll be able to support that with a high quality certified you know, aerospace production line. Building it in, in America? We're likely looking at building it in the U.S. You know, final decision and site selection hasn't been made, but uh, a lot of our early customers are in the U.S. And this is also where Kubrick is based. So, so it seems sensible for at least for the first production mm -hmm. step. And then, of course, we will also look at expansions into Europe as uh, depending on our customer profile. And I guess other industries as well, not just aviation, but you are also looking at uh, possibly at other applications in mobility. Uh, so right now we're primarily looking at aviation because that is the major early market that really benefits from the lightweight batteries. Um, there are some other ones uh, near term. For example, uh, electric trucking is one that we see mm -hmm. as pretty promising. Uh, you know, even though you think of a truck as this bulky, massive vehicle, it actually, from a battery perspective, has a lot of similarities to aviation um, because they're also very, very weight sensitive. Um, if we want to carry a lot of payload, you just can't have many tons of batteries in your truck. Mm -hmm. And so electric trucking is one area that is closer to Norfolk's core expertise, but where we think we can add a lot of value. And then longer term, you know, near, more 2027 and beyond, that's where we see then maybe larger automotive applications coming into play. And what about the life cycle of the batteries? Uh, how long is the life of those batteries? How many cycles are they expected to sustain? Yeah, so cycle life typically for a lithium ion cell will be roughly 1000 cycles when you use it. And these are full cycles from top to bottom of charge when you're using it in some of these demanding aviation applications. You know, for Kubrick, top to bottom of charge right now, we are getting close to 500 cycles. So we've made pretty substantial improvements uh, over the past few years, but we still have a little ways to go to get to that thousand. And that's what we'll be developing in the next two years is improvements in our technology and chemistry to get to that thousand cycles. And when it comes to the charging itself, are there any differences? It's just like charging an electric car? Exactly. Uh, from a charging and systems perspective, it really is very, very similar to existing um, uh, batteries uh, for electric aviation. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the, it'll be higher power uh, than an electric car just because these tend to be much larger systems, you know, at least several times, maybe up to 10 times bigger 
in battery size compared to an EV. So you'll need maybe more specialized charging infrastructure at an airport um, to power uh, to power them. But otherwise, essentially the same concept. How long can it take to charge a, a, a battery power an EFTOL, for example? So I think, you know, uh, most companies are looking, if, if you look, for example, at the uh, eVTOL space, most companies are looking at partial use of their battery each flight to, to extend the, the, the lifetime of their bat battery and also to have some, some reserve in case of um, uh, emergencies or anything else. Um, so so when, for, when you're looking at those partial charges, people are looking at something like, uh, like a 15 minute charge time. And so that's roughly, you know, appropriate amount of time also for passengers to get off, to load luggage and, and so forth. And then you can be charging at the same time. So it fits well with their high utilization uh, business model. So about 15 minutes for like a partial charge that might be maybe 40% of your total battery capacity. Okay. And, and when it comes to the business model and, and how it fits into this whole ecosystem that is emerging in, in electric flight, electric aviation and urban air mobility, where do you fit? I mean, do you have alliances or partnerships with um, some of those manufacturers or it's going to be a, a ready off the shelf technology that basically anyone could potentially acquire? Is there going to be, uh, I don't know, like even a, a secondary market for batteries, for replacements? Um, how do you envisage this market being structured when, when it becomes a, a mainstream thing? Yeah. So right now we're working with a few of our most promising customers as launch customers, essentially, for our battery technology. And there we're taking a pretty custom approach where we're designing the first generation of our cell and our module specifically for their vehicle design. Sorry, the customers would be the, the companies that are developing the eVTOL. Correct. These would be the okay. vehicle companies that we're directly working with. Um, and, and so we're custom designing these first generation specifically for that aircraft. And then beyond that, the longer term vision is that that uh, development turns into really a, a reference design that any uh, vehicle uh, manufacturer can use. And they can either take that reference design and directly integrate it into their vehicle, or if they need a different shape, then it's not difficult to then further change the shape uh, to integrate into their vehicle. So then this smooths out the ability for customers to adopt it. Um, on, on, I think on the other side, when you're looking at end of life, uh, this is something where Norfolk also has done a lot of work on battery recycling. And so uh, I think either looking at second use of batteries, uh, these, these aviation batteries at end of life will still have a lot of life in them, uh, just, you know, maybe for less demanding applications compared to aviation. So you could use them for some maybe um, grid applications and so forth. And then ultimately, they have to go into recycling to make sure the whole process is ultimately sustainable. And so that's where we will be relying on Norfolk's expertise on cell recycling to ensure that we're able to offer customers this full end-to-end -end solution for, for batteries. Mm -hmm. Looking even farther into the future, how do you see uh, this market evolving? Where do you see electric flight and batteries going from here? I mean, not the next decade, but let's say 20, 30 years into the future. Do you... Do you see pure electric flight becoming a thing as batteries get better, or is is going to remain a sort of a of a segment uh, focused on the shorter haul and the urban air mobility? You're on top of the technologies that are only now starting to be um, researched. What can we expect? So the reality with battery technologies is there are some intrinsic limits in terms of how much energy can be stored based on known or even imagined 
technologies out there. And, you know, right now we're offering a 70% improvement compared to existing batteries. You know, if you look at all the sort of speculative ideas out there, you might get another, let's say, doubling in energy density, but you're not going to get a 10 times increase in energy density, even over the next several decades. And so this is just the reality of sort of some of the electrochemical limitations of batteries. And so what this means for the electric aviation sector is really battery powered aviation will be more limited to um, EV tall as well as short, maybe medium haul flights. Um, I think especially when you're looking at hybrid electric, you can get to a significant kind of me medium haul distances, you know, um, thousand kilometers, maybe 2000 kilometers mm -hmm. with, with a good hybrid electric plane that has maybe 50 or 100 passengers. Um, but when you're talking about really kind of the uh, transcontinental type flight, batteries just don't have the sufficient energy density. They're too heavy still. And it, when you're talking about really long range uh, flights, long haul, that's really where alternative solutions, either uh, hydrogen fuel cells or uh, synthetic fuels that are basically pulling CO2 from the atmosphere to create jet fuels uh, will probably ultimately still be the, the preferred solution for long haul. Uh, some, yeah, definitely some other interesting technologies we, we've covered here in the podcast as well. In any case, it, it looks like the eVTOL scene is going to be pretty busy in, the, in the, the, the few coming years. For people that want to learn more about Kubert and about your technology, uh, where should they go? Uh, our website, uh, kubert.net, would be a Kubert. great place Net. for people to find okay. uh, more information. And then mm -hmm. if uh, they're interested in further inquiries, we have a, a press link as well, press at kubert.net. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so I think that's been a great introduction to the technology of batteries. That is such an essential part of the eVTOL revol revolution that we are witnessing now. And yeah, I would just invite everyone to go check your website, um, check Northvolt website as well, because they are also doing pretty interesting stuff, especially this huge factory they are building in northern Sweden. It's going to supply not going to supply other industries like uh, car manufacturing, etc., which are also part of the electric revolution. Yeah. So thank you very much for uh, coming today here on the podcast. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you. Uh, we we have a, a lot of exciting things coming up in the next year, and uh, hopefully, can look forward to some more exciting announcements from Kubrick and Norfolk. Thank you very much, Richard. Take care. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be on your podcast. Before you go, and if you like this podcast. A quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify, or whichever platform you're using, or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much, and see you soon.